Hello, greetings and salutations. Welcome to this grand day out episode, but we're indoors again because reasons, germs, yay! So for time, date, stamp purposes, we are recording this on Friday the 11th of December. It's around about quarter past seven at night. And as is usual for these Grand Day Out Day episode, Grand Day Out episodes. God, I can't even get my words out tonight. These Grand Day Out episodes have taken for the very last time in 2020, for as far as I am aware. Well, definitely for the last time in 2020. I don't know if they're doing it next year. We are doing a recap again on Bandcamp Friday. So those of you who are not aware, Bandcamp Friday is a day every month this year Bandcamp have completely waived all of their fees and they are giving everything on their platform to their performers, artists, bands, who whoever which is absolutely solid work because germs, they're outside so you're all dying to know did you buy the last Clowncore album? yes yes I <laughs> so, last time, I think, on a Grand Day Art episode, I ranted and raved about a band called Clowncore, saying that I'd bought two of their EPs called Toilet and Van, and I was missing one. However, I, I thought, do you know what? It's the last Bandcamp Friday of the year. Let's go mad. And I brought the final one I needed. <laughs> So it's just called Clowncore. It was released in 2010, from as far as I can tell. It looks like it's been remastered, apparently. I don't know how you can remaster Clowncore, but I guess you can. I mean, sure. Uh, so Clowncore, this time around, on their, I would guess to be their debut EP, have, um, you can, it's really good because you can hear the evolution between all of the EPs and stuff, so this one's a lot more visceral and aggressive, which is good, don't get me wrong, but it's not a patch on, like I say, toilet and van. Very good, one for, one for completionists, I mean, again, if you missed it last time, they are a band, it's one drummer and one saxophonist, guitarist, they're, they're both multi-instrumentalists, they, they, they play weird avant-garde strange noise <laughs> so yeah uh well worth checking that out for sure like i say i think it was it cost me it didn't really really didn't cost me a lot definitely worth it if you want to try something a bit different something a bit different and a little bit more extreme what isn't different and extreme however is a band that I've loved for many, many years called the Fun Loving Criminals. They recently put up their Fun Live and Criminal album, which is a live album. <laughs> so from what I can gather from very extreme basic research online I've done, it was an album that originally came out as a three-disc box set, but has since gone out of print. With the advent of Bandcamp and MP3 and everything else, they've decided to put it on Bandcamp. And you know what? It's uh, 
there's 55 tracks on this album. <laughs> I've got to about maybe track 13, track 14, and so far I am digging it. I am really, really digging it. I, I'm often a bit worried sometimes about how bands are live compared to how they are on um on record because sometimes there's a real sort of disparaging difference between them and uh, yeah I'm pleased to say that actually Van Love and Criminal pretty frigging good life <laughs> so you've got all the classics on this album you've got The Grave and the Constant Korean Bodega obviously you've got Scooby Snacks uh, The Van Love and Criminal Bomb in the Yell all of their classics played lovingly. So, so very, very good. Definitely worth checking out if you've got a spare to any good and you want to try something a little bit different. Uh, next one we are going to talk about is we are going to talk about a wonderful band called Sleep. For those of you who don't know, Sleep are a stoner metal doom metal hybrid thing i it, they're very hard to categorize but the i bought basically i bought that album called dope smoker which is an hour 3 minute long <laughs> track riff odyssey and yeah completely fully unedited uncut it's been Remix because I believe the original version they put out of the track was called Jerusalem. It was put out sort of the late 90s, I want to say. And it was cut down quite heavily and they've mixed it different. So the drums are a little bit more... I, I hasten to use the word punchier. But you can definitely hear them more prominent in the mix on the Jerusalem one. The, 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 the Stope Smoker mix though. Bloody hell. Just absolutely punches you in the face and it absolutely pummels you <laughs> it's really really fantastic so uh, like i say it's about an hour three minutes and love and it's so as i was saying it was broken down into the three separate tracks it's an hour three minutes and very nicely they even put a lovely little bonus track at the end so that's that's um yeah it's it's not for the faint of heart for sure because, my word, an hour, three minutes of just solid riffing and and doom, it's, it can get a little bit much. <laughs> and now I know what you're thinking to yourselves. You're saying, you're saying, Dave, that can't be it. You, can't, you must have picked up more weirdness and, and oddities. Yes, I did. <laughs> so I also picked up two releases by a band called The Holophonics. So the first one I picked up is called Masquerades Volume 10 Video Games, and from what... And basically, they're, uh, they're covers of video game tracks done in the Scar style. It is really, really fucking good. <laughs> so completely random, out of the blue one day, just came up on my feed on, uh, on Bandcamp. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll give this a go. And they do... And they are absolutely amazing. So the first track is the Pokemon theme. Stellar cover. They do Kirby, The Legends of Zelda, Mega Man X, Armored Armadillo track. They do a track from Dr. Mario. They do Donkey Kong Country, the Aquatic Ambient Zone, apparently, level. I didn't even know what it was to start with. I had to, I had to look down at the track listing. I was like, huh, that's Donkey Kong. <laughs> 
The best one for me on the album by far is the Sonic the Hedgehog cover they do of the Green Hill Zone. Everybody knows the Green Hill Zone. They put their own nice little spin on it with their with the trombones and the trumpets and stuff and, and kind of reggae scar feel guitars and stuff. Absolutely amazing. Well worth picking that one up. And also, as funnily enough, I've just seen Nicky and Bunty join. They do a cracking cover, I think, of a track from Chrono Trigger. <laughs> I'm not quite sure which one it is, but it's definitely worth picking up for sure. Uh, the other one I picked up by the Holophonics as well is... It looks to be an album of own works. So the album's called Phantom Arrival. And again, it's uh, Scar and Pop Punky... Again, I wasn't really sure what to make of it, but the the more I got into it, the more I got into this album. It's really, really good. It was a nice little surprise that just kind of popped up in my Bandcamp feed one day. So if you get the chance, I don't know if there's stuff on YouTube. I don't know, but I would highly recommend going onto the Bandcamp amp. Bandcamp amp? Bandcamp app. There we go. Got it. Nailed it first time. And definitely giving that a look. I'm hopefully... Should I get the time and should I have the money, I'm going to order the vinyl because the vinyl they have for this album are individually coloured. I want to get that goddamn pink one <laughs> because the pink one looks amazing. Now, I teased it a couple of minutes ago. You're going, Scar covers the video game music. That's that's fine. Where's the weird stuff? Last time you introduced us to Clown Court, you've already told us you bought the Clown Court, the last one you needed. What did you get this time? Now, <laughs> for those of you who who watch Roxmore streams, uh, I guessed it on there last night. Uh, I already revealed it. However, for for my for people here who weren't watching, I picked up an album by a band called Cage Grind Noir. I'm just going to let that sit for a moment, and it's an album called Pilots. <laughs> You're going, Dave, what the hell? What What is this? I'm going to read you the synopsis they've put on Bandcamp for this because this is absolutely unbelievable. I can't believe this is even a thing. Are we ready? The first recorded works of Cage. The sound of Nicolas Cage losing his fucking shit. <laughs> so you've, you've guessed it. By the name Cage Grind Noir... Nicky and Bunty, I'm sold. I knew you would be. <laughs> They're a band that takes samples from Nick Cage films, losing his absolute shit, and they do it in a grindcore style. So I'm going to read you some of the tracks off this album now. So the first track is Conair. We've got The Rock on here. We've got Face Off. We've got Kick-Ass. Leo says How to Get Burned. Yes, The Wicker Man is on here. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> I'll tell you what, for Twitch people now, exclusively, I'm going to cut this out of the episode, because this is a live episode, technically. I'm going to play you one of the tracks. It's probably not going to come through very well on the uh, speakers. So let's play... Let's do the I'm a Vampire track, because that one is absolutely amazing. From a... Vampire in New York, I want to say it's from? No, Vampire's Kiss. Yes, that's what it's called, yeah. Alright, you've sold me on it. You've sold me on it. Alright, here we go. I'll just move the mic. Yeah. 
So, yeah, what you've heard there is uh, that my excitement gland is... Ew. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's Vampire's Kiss by Cage Grind Noir. And holy crap. I don't know how I found it. I'm I'm speechless, <laughs> but my word, am I am I so happy to have, to have found it because it's certainly a thing for sure. Also, interestingly, it includes the Saint Nicholas EP. <laughs> it comes with bonus tracks, so that's always a winner. <laughs> so, I guess all that's left now is I guess we should probably wave goodbye, as is the name of the stream and the episode, when it goes out next Wednesday, or today at time of release. It's all confusing. My head's, my head's all exploded because time, it's, it's a thing. So I guess what we need to do now is wave goodbye to Bandcamp Fridays for 2020. I am hoping, fingers crossed, it comes back again for next year. Because I know a lot of bands, artists and performers have relied on Bandcamp to help generate their income for this year. And what Bandcamp have done, like I said, with the Bandcamp Friday, to waive their fees for that day and everything goes straight direct to the label, performer, band, artist, whoever, is absolutely amazing. Considering that, like I say, um, there could be a lot of, um, you know... Bandcamp could make a lot of money just off it alone and everybody coming together and just kind of just buying just stuff on this day so bands and stuff can get the revenue is just absolutely astounding. So thank you, Bandcamp, for making my year and I sincerely hope that you you continue to do it through, you know, for the next however long. Germs, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Goodbye, Bandcamp Friday. So you you're now wondering you've you've spent your load on Bandcamp Friday, Dave. What was the point in you streaming it and you know not just recording it on your own like you generally do in a very very weird and roundabout way? Well, we've we've got to talk about like I say we're recording this on the 11th of December 2020. Last week it was announced that. In the States, Warner Brothers 2021 Cinematic Slate was basically going to pretty much skip theatres and go straight onto HBO Max, which is their version of Netflix uh, streaming app, which is absolutely mad. The entirety of their 2021 slate is going to go on HBO Max for like a month, and then it's going to go off there. You're going to get your traditional window of VOD on-demand things, and then obviously Blu-ray DVD further down the line. Which is fine. I'm I'm all for this because you know they've you know it's not exactly safe to go back into the cinema right now, especially take someone like me who who lives with you know I I live at home with my parents and they you know if I get ill they can't get afford to get ill and you know it's all about staying safe. So Disney last night decided to go. Do you know what? Check out my massive content dick. <laughs> Really, really strangely, what they've done is their annual investor day that they usually do behind closed doors, they actually opened it up to the public and they've done it all online. So the main takeaways from this last night is that 
there's roughly going to be 10 new Marvel TV series. There's going to be 10 new Star Wars TV series, 15 Disney live action animation and Pixar films and series, and 15 all new... Uh, no, sorry. 15 Disney live action animation and Pixar TV series and 15 all new Disney live action animation and picture features and stuff like that. And we all went weird flex, but okay. <laughs> You're quite right. So the, the absolute wealth of stuff they announced last night because I couldn't sleep last night. I was I was quite excited. I stayed up and I watched all the tweets come in because you know that's what you do because germs. So obviously uh, with Disney Plus, obviously Disney being the major conglomerate that they are, who own pretty pretty much half of the universe. They did a lot of stuff to do with ESPN. Don't care for ESPN. National Geographic, again, it's great stuff, but it's not for me. Then we get FX, and the biggest takeaway from the FX part of the show, actually there was two, so it's the fact that there is a TV series about Alien coming. So it's uh, suppose it's being helmed by Fargo Allegiance Noah Hawley, Fargo, the first, uh, Fargo is supposed to be really, really great TV series. I've seen the first series of uh, Marvel's Legion. Absolutely amazing. So good. So I'm, I'm quite excited for an Alien TV series, but the only thing that's got me going, uh, a bit worried, is the fact that it's a scary thrill ride. I quote this, by the way. A scary thrill ride set not too far in the future here on Earth. And I'm a bit like, aliens on Earth? Must, must we have them on Earth? I mean, really? The other thing as well from the FX side of the presentation was that they are finally adapting uh, the amazing Brian K. Vaughan uh, comic book, Why the Last Man. If you don't know about Why the Last Man, it's pretty much what it says on the tin. So there is basically one, uh, I can't remember if it's a virus or whatever, wipes out all of the male population except this one person. And he's living in a whole world of like women and stuff. So that's and he has a psychic monkey. So yeah, that that they've been talking about doing it for years. So really, really looking forward to that. So glad that they've managed to finally uh, get on that. Then they kind of went on to the Lucasfilm side of things. So they've put out a new trailer for the Mandalorian. If you've heard the previous. Uh, late to the party episode you know how much i freaking love the mandalorian no spoilers here because i haven't watched the second series yet <laughs> so don't worry however they 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 really flopped out their massive content dick last night and went right have some tv series so we're getting <gasps> star wars rangers of the newer public you're getting star wars ahsoka uh Star Wars and or you're getting Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series. You're getting Star Wars The Bad Bunch, which is an animated series. You're getting Star Wars Visions, which is an anime concept uh, TV series. You are getting you are getting a Lando Carizian TV series. You are getting The Acolyte, which is a mystery filler that will take viewers into a galaxy shadow secrets. Emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. <laughs> You are then getting a droid story starring R2-D2-C-3PO. You are also getting a Willow TV series. Yay, we like Willow. However, a TV series, I'm not too entirely sure about it. But they're getting Ron Howard back. Yay, with Warwick Davis. Yay, all the Willow give me. You are then getting Indiana Jones, the next one, whatever it's going to be called. It's at the helm. It's James Mangold who did The Wolverine and Logan. I don't really care for Indiana Jones. However, 
I will probably watch it because hopefully Indiana Jones will be going to get his bus pass at this point. <laughs> the biggest takeaway, however, from the Star Wars LucasArts kind of thing is you are getting, we're getting a brand new uh, Star Wars film, I think it's in 2022 or 2023, directed by the wonderful Patty Jenkins, who directed Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984, which is releasing at time of recording next week, I want to say, in UK cinemas. She's doing the next big uh, Star Wars film, uh, doing a Rogue doing a rogue squadron movie so that yay i mean good for patty jenkins i like her work but um you you kind of feel at this point uh you're being oversaturated with star wars goodness i mean out of all of the ones kind of i read i mean mandalorian i will i will watch because i like what's this star wars porn stars water edition <laughs> i mean sure yeah there's not really a lot i mean i'll probably watch an obi-wan Obi-Wan Kenobi series, because apparently Hayden Christensen's going back as Darth Vader. Uh, Nicky and Bungie, how are they going to keep the quality up? This is exactly it. I know a lot of it isn't coming out next year. It's kind of the next few years. But you kind of think, well, if they're putting that much out, how are they going to keep the quality consistent? It's going to be really sort of hit and miss, depending who they get to run the series and, and things like that. But like I said, um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series will probably be the only one that I would be really interested in because they're getting back Ewan McGregor. Hello there. And obviously they're getting a Hayden Christian back as Darth Vader. So hopefully we're getting a fight. And I mean, obviously Mandalorian. Mandalorian is amazing. Mandalorian should be the way they are taking the Star Wars universe now. But we're going to move on from that. They then went on to National Geographic stuff. Which is fine if you like that sort of thing. Again, Mando! <laughs> they're doing, it looks like they're doing a reboot of Turner and Hooch. Okay, I can't say I've seen the first film. I don't really have a lot of love for it. They're obviously doing a follow-up to The Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which is a follow-up to its TV series, uh, following up The Mighty Ducks. Again, don't really care for it. Then you get the movie, so we're getting a Hocus Pocus 2. Yay! I like Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus is fun. Hocus Pocus. Crocus. Uh, you get the remake of Three Men and the Baby starring Zac Efron, which is uh, neither here nor there, to be honest. You get in a Cheaper by the Dozen remake. Uh, okay, fine. You get in a Diary of a Wimpy Kid animation. Cool, fine. It's a new adaptation of the books. The films were fine, as they were. I've seen the films. They're a lot of fun for what they are, but again, I mean, a re-adaptation with the, with the animation style of the drawings from the books, that could be interesting. Uh, we'll get the new Night at the Museum. It's going to be a cartoon, because everything seems to be a fucking cartoon nowadays. We'll get the spin-off of the Ice Age films, because, yay! Beat the cow until it's dead. Beat the cow until it's dead. You're getting a prequel to the live-action Lion King. Yeah, I didn't watch the live-action Lion King. I've already seen it because I saw the Lion King, the original one, the original cartoon. And arguably, if you've seen Kimba the Lion, then you've seen the Lion King. So, you know, go figure. Uh, you've got the cast of The Little Mermaid, live-action one. To be fair, the cast they've got on for The Little Mermaid looks pretty cool, actually. So you've got uh, 
Melissa McCarthy playing Ursula. That's great casting right there. You've got Hal Bailey playing Ariel, which I know a lot of people online because nerds are really touchy about it because they've cast a person of colour as Ariel. I'm fine with it, honestly, as long as she can do a good job in the role, that's fine. However, the absolute genius stroke right here is uh, Javier Bardem playing King Triton. <laughs> if you can imagine that. That's, um, yeah, I'm well in for that. We're getting a live-action hybrid of Chip and Dale, the Rescue Rangers. I don't really need it. Got Chip and Dale, the Rescue Rangers on DVD. Uh, Chocodom, a lot of these films don't feel necessary. No. <laughs> they're, they're really, really not. Not when... If you've already got Disney Plus and you can watch the originals as it is. They're doing a retelling of Pinocchio in live action because, of course, they are. Uh, starring Tom Hanks, apparently, because, yeah... Directed by Robert Zemeckis. Fine. It's going to be all weird mocap. Uh, Shadow. I think the only issue is that Ariel with Ginger. So already. <laughs> My brother has got this whole thing about that. He's got a whole theory. Matt reckons that you're not allowed Ginger people in films. And if they are Ginger in the original source material, they get cast out. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Next time he's on here, talk to him about it. It's a, it's, it's a bit of a wild ride. We're getting a dis. We're getting an Enchanted sequel. Yay! I like Enchanted, which is the Amy Adams starring as uh, Giselle and I want to call him Cyclops, but that's not his name. James Marsden, that's the one. Yeah, playing the prince. Uh, yeah, give me more of Enchanted. That film's great fun. Sister Act Three. Uh, must we? The Sony animation, not Sony. Sorry, the Disney animation stuff. It's, I mean, there's a lot of series. It didn't really tick any boxes. We'll just go through really briefly. You get Raya in The Last Dragon. Didn't do anything for me. We're getting a Zootopia TV series based around the characters. Not even Judy Hopps and uh, The Fox. Uh, Nick. That's... Yeah, you get the Baymax TV series. You get the Tiana TV series. Which is cool in itself. You get the Moana TV series. But again, I don't really need them. I suppose it's just... To kind of keep the license and sell the toys, which is fine if you want to do that, but it, I mean it's it's not gonna appeal to me whatsoever. I uh, although I do know that I'm not necessarily the target demographic, but yeah, I mean a Tiana series would be quite good though. To be fair, I I would probably watch that because Princess and the Frog is a is a completely underrated film for sure. Let's have a look. Buh, 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 buh. Pixar, Pixar stuff, again, not really a lot there. So you're getting Soul at Christmas, which was supposed to be out of the cinema this year. You're getting a documentary inside Pixar. You're getting a load of shorts. You're getting a TV. You're getting a Up spin-off, which is called About the Dog. Yay, I guess. What did get me kind of curious, though, is the fact that Pixar are going to be doing a long-form animated TV series called Win or Lose, and the plot here says the show follows a middle school softball team in the week leading up to their championship game, and each episode is told from the perspective of a different character coming uh, fall 2023. Provided they get their uh, A-team on it, so we're talking about the people that did uh, the absolutely amazing Inside Out and uh, Coco, that team to do it, not the B-team who tend to do, like... The Incredibles 2, which is meh, and uh, 
you know, the car sequels, which are all a bit, meh. That could be really, really interesting, like a long-form TV series about kind of the trials and tribulations stuff. It could be like the new Bad News Bears kind of thing. That could be really interesting. The film that really got me excited is called Turning Red. So Turning Red is being directed by... God, I hope I'm saying this right. Do, Domi Shi? Domi Shi? Uh, they're the person that directed the um, Academy Award-winning short uh, Bao Bao. The one about the mini dumplings <laughs> that premiered in front of... I want to say Big Hero Six because, God, that, that short... Is so lovely, it, it nearly made me cry the very first time I saw it. So, Turning Red, uh, it's, uh, it's about a small girl called May, or experiences the organist of being a teenager with an added twist. She, when she gets too excited, she transforms into a giant red panda. So, that sounds like all kinds of adorable fun. Looks quite fun. That's out 2022. They're doing a Buzz Lightyear origin. Yay. Voiced by Chris Evans. Yay. Didn't really do anything for me. They're basing it off the person, Buzz Lightyear, not the toy, because reasons. And then we get onto the Marvel stuff of varying degrees, which is what I want to talk about, really. So for those of you who don't know, I I love the Marvel films. I've been, you know, with all its varying degrees and such. So we started off with a trailer for WandaVision, that's out January. Sign me the hell up. It looks weird. It looks freaky. It looks like it's going to be completely different from everything that's come before with alternate realities and dimensions. Looks like it's going to really split up uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it. Sign me the hell up. Got confirmation, obviously, about Doctor Strange being directed by uh, Sam Raimi coming back from the original Spider-Man films. Sign me up for that. Getting confirmation date for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm not too worried about that because I don't really like them as characters per se. You're getting a Loki TV series. It doesn't really do anything for me. I know there's a lot of people who like the Loki character. and I'm intrigued about kind of where they go with it given how kind of where his character ended up in Endgame. No spoilers here in case you've not seen it. I know it's been out for a year but you know reasons i'm kind of interested what they could do with it but looking at the trailer it's it's really really kind of not doing anything for me one of the biggest things they sort of gave us a sneak peek last night at this uh call was the what if tv series which looks i knew it was gonna i i was always in for the t i was always in for this series because what if is it's an interesting idea of what they could do what what certain things would happen but now that we've seen the animation style and things i'm totally on board for this you know uh peggy carter effectively becoming uh having the super soldier serum becoming captain britain sign me the hell up <laughs> i am i am all for that and looks all kinds of great and obviously with the animation style as well looks really quite unique so i'm 100 110 on board for that what was quite exciting again was a look at Ms. Marvel. So they've been filming now for a couple of weeks. It's really nice to see Marvel going out and diversifying their uh, character palette. So for those of you who don't know, Ms. Marvel is a, a Pakistani-American 
Muslim, I believe. I'm not too au fait with the character. But she's like a massive fan of uh, Captain Marvel and stuff. Yeah, just to see this diversity cast out on on screen and stuff, it's it's absolutely mind-boggling. I get I don't really know a lot about the character, but enough to kind of um, you know, get me interested in it. This is where kind of the announcements came that I wasn't really seeing. So it'd been rumored for a long time that the next sort of big event that they were gonna do was the secret invasion from the comics. So basically the secret invasion is where all the, the shapeshifting scrolls as seen in Captain Marvel, come to Earth to take out the Avengers and stuff, but it turns out they're turning it into a TV series. Yay! <laughs> Rather than doing it as a film, giving it a TV series, giving it space to breathe, that I, that could be really good. Because they'd announced that they were doing a Nick Fury TV series. I didn't realise it was going to be a fucking secret invasion. <laughs> I'm all in for that. And they're bringing back Talos as well, who was in uh, Captain Marvel. I'm in for that. I was a bit hesitant before thinking that they were going to make it an Avengers film but I guess with obviously they kind of spent a load on Infinity War and Endgame sign me up for a series we're then getting Ironheart these are real sort of new characters they're bringing in again um, I'm, I don't have a lot I don't really know a lot about the character of Ironheart aside from she is a child genius who figures out how to make Iron Man's armour and stuff and she's a uh, she's a teenager of colour as well that's Fine, doesn't bother me. People are going to get a kick out of it. I'm happy for them. What did intrigue me, though, was the two bits of information we got about Guardians of the Galaxy. So they are doing a series of shorts based around Groot called I Am Groot. That's going to be charming as hell. Sign me up. And then on top of that, which is really weird, we're getting the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special next year. I don't see the logic in this one. Aside from the fact that James Gunn has come out and said, I really like the, the obvious influence of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, okay. And he said it's going to be canon to the films and stuff. So, I, I mean, I like Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> so I'll more than likely watch it. I mean, sure. And then they decide to then swing out the biggest content dick of all and going... Hey, guys, we're doing a new Ant-Man and the Wasp film. It's called Quantumania, but they're doing Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> and I am 110% on board for this. Yes, give me all of the time-traveling craziness and amazing. You know, it's, um, yeah, sign me the hell up. Uh, what have we got going on in the chat? Chocodum will say this is going to get very difficult to keep track of the cinematic universe. All these shows and spin-offs are going to be going so many plot threads. I think that is what they're aiming for because a lot of the comic books do tend to intertwine with a lot of the events spinning out of certain series and tie-in series. I think that is what they're banking on. As long as the storytelling is good and they don't drop threads here and there and it is all consistently linked together, I am pretty much all for it. I won't necessarily watch it all, but I mean, given that I'm a Marvel MCU fan... I probably will, because like you said, it's going to be, you know, you need to have all of the plot. Shadow, a lot of people expect the MJ character from the recent Spider-Man films to become Ironheart. That's a good shout. I hadn't thought of that. Well, according to what I was reading last night, they've actually cast Dominique Thorne. I'm not familiar with her as Riri Williams. 
that's cool. Again, people like the the Iron. I keep wanting to say Lionheart because I'm thinking of fucking Thundercats. But yeah, a lot of people are going to get a kick out of that, which is I'm happy for them. You know, because they love that character. They, you know, and it's different from from Iron Man. The next bit of information they decided to chuck at us was about Black Panther two. Now, with the passing of uh, Chadwick Boseman a couple of months ago. I couldn't see how they were going to do this. I assumed that they were just going to hand the mandal over to someone like uh, Shuri, like they do in the comics. But according to this, they're not going to recast the character of the Black Panther. Fine. But it's going to explore the world of Wakanda and the rich characters introduced in the first film. So in a way, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. I Especially if they use it as a way for not only the kind of uh, the viewing public to mourn the loss of, like I say, Chadwick Boseman, because he was so instrumental in in that role, and obviously inspired a lot of young black children, or even or even you know children all over, you know, just kind of inspired them. And it's going to be nice that they're not retiring it; that he is still going to be kind of remaining in the universe. I'm quite interested to see where this one goes because it could go either way. And then the final thing that Disney decided that they were going to kind of flop out on the table and go, look at this, is the fact that we are getting a new Fantastic Four <laughs> under the Marvel cin- in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, but not only that, it's been directed by John Watts, who is currently directing all of the Spider-Man films for Sony uh, Marvel, from what I can tell, he is, along with the Russos, uh, who did Infinity War and Captain America, uh, Civil War, he's the only other director to have moved from one character franchise to another character franchise. So like I say, he's doing Spider-Man at the moment, and he's going across onto Fantastic Four. Uh on fourth time's a charm. <laughs> You're not wrong there, my friend, you are not wrong. I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to do it. I, you know, I originally hated the two uh, Fox films that came out under Tim's story, The Rise of the Surfer and the one, and the first one. I originally hated those when they came out because I thought, this isn't Marvel. <laughs> but actually going back and watching them, maybe I might do an episode on them. But anyway, going back and watching them now, it's, it's silly, it's camp, it's fun. It's really quite similar to the 60s run in the comics anyway. So, and I haven't seen the fan fantastic, whatever it's called. I haven't seen that because of the reviews. There's probably an episode in that as well. But I'm quite interested to see where they take this new iteration of the Fantastic Four. And it's interesting that since they've now got Fox under the banner, why they've decided to bring back the Fantastic Four first as opposed to the X-Men universe and the X-Men. I don't know whether it's because they're giving X-Men uh, the breathing room because obviously the films just keep coming out. They just kept coming out and out for years where kind of the Fantastic Four always really got a bad rap kind of cinematically. I, even looking at the Roger Corman one from kind of the, the, the mid to late 80s, early 90s sort of thing, you know? But I suppose it, I'm I'm supposing though they're, they're mainly in reintroducing the Fantastic Four solely for Doctor Doom, which I'm on board for. Which is, I, I'm all in. Give, give me all of the give me all of the Doctor Doom, because it wasn't long ago Fox were talking about doing a spin-off of Doctor Doom, and it's like what? 
What do you mean? X-Men needs a break, so X-Men picks up when Cap. Marvel is ready to quit. Uh, Rogue can give her a goodbye hug. <laughs> I see you 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 know your comics as well, Shadow. Good. I'm I'm pleased to hear this. <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me. So with that, that's Disney basically flopping out their massive content dick on the table and going, look at this. Look at it. Which I thought my my initial reaction, the fact I think I've probably already said it, is the fact that it was an investicle, but they made it public, which is just it's weird. Why do you make an investicle public like that? Given that investicles are generally, you know, it's in the title, it's in the name. It's for investors, you know, for shares and stuff, and to obviously promise them they're getting good value for their money for the stocks and things. It just seems really, really quite weird that they would make it public. I kind of think that it's to rain on Warner Brothers Parade because obviously they turn around, like I said, like last week and went all of the 2021 on HBO Max. And, you know, it's trying to bury that news. But then when you look at the, the upcoming slate for the Warner Brothers films and that, it there's a lot of good stuff in it. I mean, you've got the new Dune coming out. You've got Wonder Woman uh, coming out. Like I said, it's out in the cinemas next week in the UK, but they're in America. They're getting it uh, day and date on Christmas Day, so you can either watch it at home or go to the theatres and watch it. You are getting a lot of stuff. You're getting the, the, the Snyder Cut, which I'm sure you've already heard of my opinions on, on one of the uh, special episodes within the series. Anyway. I think that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode. The only thing really to say is what what do you guys think in the chat? Have Do we have any opinions or anything like that? Uh, Chocodom, how will we get to see the Snyder Cut in the UK without HBO Max? See, when we talked about it on the episode, we were under the assumption that HBO has a deal with... Sky in the UK, so I don't know if Sky are going to broadcast it, or whether Amazon, someone like Amazon or Netflix will snap it up, because I can't see them rolling out uh, HBO Max over here in the UK because of licensing agreements and and such. It's alright for Disney because I mean they're a major conglomeration. Yeah, Sky Atlantic, exactly, Chocodon. That's what we're thinking. That's what me and Matt were thinking, kind of, originally. They've got the big deal with Sky, so I'm assuming that's how we'll see it. I mean, that's the kind of thing I'd want to see at the cinema, but obviously, given germs, <laughs> um, that's not really a thing at the moment, unfortunately. Although it was quite interesting. I did read recently that the ideal way to watch the Snyder Cut, according to Zack Snyder, is in black and white and all in and the four hour cut. And I'm thinking, you self indulgent fool. You, yeah. <laughs> Without kind of getting into that too much, you know? So it looks like the streaming content, streaming between companies has just got serious. I'm still a bit wary on edge because it's it's getting to the stage now where it was like in the early 90s with uh, cable and satellite, you know, you've got to pay out all these different amounts of um, money to these different people to get all of the content. It's much worse in America where they have 
uh, CBS On Demand and Peacock and rest in peace Quibi <laughs> and all that sort of stuff out there. It's absolutely mad. I can't imagine going out there. Oh, oh, i tell you what we should talk about uh, very, very quickly because I am quite... Uh, I'm seeing the time. I'm knowing that there's going to be lots of other better streams going on very, very soon. Uh, there was the Video Game Awards last night. That was the thing. I mean, yeah. They did game stuff. They gave awards to video games. And they showed a trailer for um, video games for the new Perfect Dark. They're doing a new Perfect Dark game. Who the fuck saw that coming? <laughs> uh, what did intrigue me was the Evil Dead game that they announced. Because <laughs> of course it would. Of course they did. So that looks really fun. It looks like a um, third-person action-y adventure. I've, I've got a horrible feeling it's going to be a bit of a battle royale game or capture the bait or capture the flag sort of thing based around the cabin. But we'll see. We will see about that. And there's a new arc coming that's got Vin Diesel in it because, uh, of course, because family, dinosaur family and stuff and you know trying to get Vin Diesel to to go about family is always good isn't it so that's my really bad uh Vin Diesel by the way <laughs> uh to be honest it's still cheaper for me to have few streaming subs than any package guy exactly that's that's um yeah like I say they've got it worse in America because they've got all the different apps luckily uh Netflix and Amazon and yeah just mainly Netflix and Amazon to a lesser extent, now TV, because they get a lot of Sky stuff, uh, basically bid over all the stuff. It's like when the original DC Universe app was announced. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I, I would like to subscribe for that to watch Teen Titans, which is fine. And R.O.P. Swamp Thing, uh, to watch Swamp Thing. And the Harley Quinn cartoon series, which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, is absolutely bloody brilliant. Get on Harley Quinn. The animated series from the... D but anyway, uh, I was like, oh, how are they going to do this? But then kind of Netflix brought up Teen Titans and then Amazon Prime brought uh, Swamp Thing, R.A.P. And then E4 brought Harley Quinn, which is how I watched it anyway. So interesting, interesting stuff coming, coming via the streaming platforms and so on need to watch out for it because streaming is going to be a big thing next year. It's already a big thing now, given that we weren't expecting a, you know, basically a pandemic. Uh, it's obviously become a big thing working from home and not going out and staying indoors. So it was going to be inevitable. It's kind of, it's a bit like when the music industry suddenly was uh, faced with Napster in a way. So... They didn't know. It took a very long time for the music industry to adapt to MP3 and digital downloads in that respect. So I can see streaming. It seems like they're taking a few good steps towards the future uh, as to whether they're going to be obviously the right steps or not. That's yet to be seen because I know earlier in the year, Disney tried to experiment with Mulan, putting that out as a premium having to pay extra for it on Disney Plus when obviously you've already got Disney Plus. Understandably, few takers on that, but it still made like 200 million in the US, I want to say, through the premium. So, you know, it may have been a failed experiment, but they got they got your money. 
I think we should probably call that an episode. I think I said it before, but um, yeah, we'll call it an episode. I think this is probably going to be the last mini-sode for the year. So plans for the upcoming year. Upcoming year 2021. I'm hoping germs go away and I can get back out to the cinema safely. And I can start doing on-the-road episodes of this again. As fun as it is talking to you all on Twitch, but sometimes I just miss cinemas, you know. I'm looking forward to that. I've got a couple of guests, hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, uh, lined up appearing in future episodes in 2021. I want to do a lot more of that. I'm going to be honest with you. I had a very, very short list at starting <laughs> when I started this podcast in January, and I'm very, very slowly running out of stuff, especially the music stuff. I'm kind of scraping the barrel right now. Just whenever anything comes to me, it's like, oh, that'll do. <laughs> Yeah, you can tell I'm kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. But yeah, so hopefully you're going to get a lot more collaborations next year. I want to get onto other people's podcasts. I, I want to do the, kind of the work. So if you know anyone with a podcast who is looking for a uh, talkative, fat, bearded, ginger guy who doesn't really know a lot about anything, tell them. Tell them. Anyone for seconds wants on. <laughs> so I think with that, I think it's time to say goodnight. Because I'm just rambling now. I'm really, really rambling. And I'm really sorry. I will see you all on the internet. As they say. So, thanks again. Stay safe. You got this.